Welcome to the Marvel Sports Worldwide Podcast, where we discuss your favorite Marvel sports. We bring you in-depth analysis of each event across many different Marvel sports competitions. Catch all the information and drama you want to hear about your favorite players, teams, events, and more right here on the MSW Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Marvel Sports Worldwide Podcast. My name is Brendan, and I am just very excited, as usual, to bring you this episode today. Um, Not only because the Green Ducks are absolutely 100% killing it. They sit in first place right now. They are just doing so, so well. Um, But also, I have a a guest on today. going to have a very exciting guest on. We're going to get to meet him very shortly. And... It's going to be a great discussion. He's into Marvel Sports. He is very knowledgeable about Marvel Sports. And um, as you could guess, I am also very into Marvel Sports. So this is going to be a very fun discussion. The one thing I'm going to mention first off here is that Event 8 is not going to be covered in the discussion part of the podcast. I'm hoping that something groundbreaking doesn't happen in Event 8 that you guys have to then wait another week, week and a half before that is discussed. But um, yeah, we're recording this right before Event 8, this um, this intro here and the discussion, the guesting. But the news segment is going to be after Event 8. So you, if you want to hear the general news about Event 8, you're going to hear it there if you want that update. But the actual analysis and depth discussion, should there be one necessary, we're covering that. It would be the next podcast. Obviously, if there's something really important there or in any event, please write in. Please let me know. You can write in in many ways. You have the MSW podcast email. Uh, you have Instagram, MSW underscore podcast. There's so many ways to write in. Join the Discord to get involved. There's just I'd love to hear from you guys. I want this podcast to talk about what you guys want to talk about. Um, and we're trying to keep this as exciting and, and entertaining as possible. So definitely let me know on that. But we won't be covering Event 8 in the analysis, though I think the topics we'll be covering are very exciting. And, you know, it won't affect not being, uh, not having Event 8 won't affect the, the, uh, the validity of the topics. So um, besides that, our goal to get 500 to make this a definite weekly podcast. It's on its way. We're at about 150, 200 listeners in total on episode five. So we're um, we're getting there. We'll have to see how it keeps going. I think, I think there's a lot of people out there who enjoy listening to me r- ramble about marbles. <laughs> so keep it up, guys. And um, I, to me, it's just great to see marble sports growing in general. You see a lot of not only people listening to the podcast, you're seeing the Reddit page for Marble Olympics grow every day, you're seeing the subscriber count for many, many, many Marble Sports channels grow every day, um, Gel goes up thousands per week, I mean, MSPN going up, uh, Marble Fubica, same thing, going up thousands per week, I mean, you're, it's just crazy how many people are starting to get in Marble Sports, I'm telling you, it's an upward trend, guys, this is the time to get involved in it, um, it's at its beginning. I mean, I know marbles have been going on forever, 
but the Marble Sports more professional production and, and sport itself. Marble Olympics has only started uh, three years ago. Um, a lot of Marble Sports channels uh, getting some good quality starting recently in the last year or two, like Marble Fubica and MSPN really starting to improve the quality, become more prominent Marble Sports channels. This is all happening now, guys. So definitely get on board if you want to get on board. I would get on board. I'm definitely on board. Um, but with that being said, uh, I hope we reach our goal. I hope we can reach that. And if we do, like I said, weekly podcast. You can hear me ramble weekly instead of bi-weekly. So um, with that being said, let's go to the news. Hello Marble Sports fans, I'm John Wood here with the Marble Sports Worldwide News. This past couple of weeks has featured events 4 through 8 of the Marble Olympics. The Gravitrax Quartet Slalom, the 5 meter sprint, the 5 meter relay, block pushing and the summer biathlon. Many placements were jumbled over the course of these 5 exciting events. The Gravitrax Slalom held the first gold medal for the Crazy Cat Size, a solid silver for the Raspberry Racers and the first good performance for the Jungle Jumpers. The 5 meter sprint sped by with a first time gold for the veteran team Mellow Yellow. The Hazers clinched the silver medal and the Crazy Cat Size maintained a spot on the podium with their bronze. Event 6, the 5 meter sprint, held a bit more drama with a controversial call on the Midnight Wisps. They were disqualified by officials for purposely trying to hamper the Raspberry Racers performance by knocking a transition block into their lane. Whether this was purposeful or not is still up for debate. Rookie team, the Green Ducks, took their first gold medal and would assume first place overall for a couple of events. The O-Rangers showed up with their first good performance, taking silver, breaking what many now call the Oceanics curse. The Oceanics have yet to perform well enough to reach the top half of the standings in any event. The Raspberry Racers stay hot and take bronze in this event as well. Event 7, block pushing, shook up the standings quite a bit, with the top three being Midnight Wisps, Team Galactic, and another hot showing for Mellow Yellow, taking bronze. The track type and block size were also varied for this third time, creating a different block-pushing experience for these marbles again. As for the Summer Biathlon, the Raspberry Racers cannot stay off the podium, racking up their fourth medal, a bronze, giving them the highest medal volume of all teams. However, they have still yet to take a gold. To the surprise of the fans, the Jungle Jumpers surge back with another medal, this time taking a gold, and the Chocolatiers do the same for their second medal, a silver. As for the general standings, the Raspberry Racers edge out the Green Ducks by only two points and hold first overall. The Green Ducks are now sitting in second as a result of their poor 14th place finish in the Summer Biathlon. The highly contested third place has been taken by Team Galactic. Now only 12 points behind the Green Ducks, they shot up from 7th overall after their silver medal in the Biathlon. Mellow Yellow now holds 4th, sitting on 87 points, just one point behind Team Galactic. The Hazers and Crazy Catsers find themselves in joint 5th place with 86 points, making for a very exciting race between the top 6 competitors. At the bottom of the table, Oceanics are resting just above the Pinkies in 15th, and the Arrangers are starting to weave their way back into the competition as well. The Marble Olympics is at its halfway point with Event 9, the hurdles coming up this Friday, and the Fantasy team picking is open again for Round 4. 
That's all for this week's news, and now back to Brendan with the Marble Sports Worldwide podcast. What's going on, everybody? I got Commander Woof here on the phone today to talk to us about a couple of very exciting topics from the past few events of Marvel Sports. Uh, we'll call him Commander for the sake of simplicity during this uh, during this discussion here. And he's going to be talking to us today about very two very uh, interesting topics. First of all, the Jungle Jumpers, which are a very overlooked team uh, in the Marvel Olympics normally. They did have a, uh, quite a couple good performances and then some bad ones, but we're going to get into that with him in a minute or two. And then we're also going to discuss the, you know, the, the long-going debate between, you know, the two sides of the Midnight Wisps Raspberry Racers debate. Did the Midnight Wisps interfere with the Raspberry Racers? Did they not? Should there have been a restart? Should there not have been a restart? There should have been a disqualification of the Midnight Wisps. All back and forth there. We're going to discuss that as well. Um, but first, let's hear from background on him. So how are you doing today, Commander? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's nice to have you on the podcast, hear the, the uh, opinions of the fans here. So um, first of all, I want to know, how did you get into Marvel Sports? How did you, or how were you involved in it today? It's, it's, it would be good to hear some of that. So I believe it was roughly around my, uh, like maybe mid to early teens where I started watching Marvel racing videos on YouTube. And for a long time, it was just like the, the standard al races of like people putting like the copyright free music over it and yeah after after a while um i started to realize that it was kind of just the same thing over and over again and there wasn't really much uniqueness to any of them and so i kind of dropped away but then uh i'd say around 2018 around like mid 2018 gels for like um his uh no, it was actually it was, um late 2017 actually gels uh 2017 uh, marble Olympics video went a little bit viral, about a million or so views, and so yeah. it got recommended to me, and then I, I, I decided for old time's sake, I'd try watching an old Marble video, and I actually ended up getting into it, and like, what I loved was how he brought a, a sense of like, role-playing to it all, where he, yeah. everybody would, like, would treat it like it's an illegitimate sport, and there's like commentary and fans cheering in the background, and like, a whole lot of pomp and circumstance. That, yeah. making, it, it made it so much more fun, and like, now, because, now after that, I'm now like, an active watcher of like MSPN and Gel's channels. I've so I'm both a page I'm a patron to both of those channels, and I'm even like uh, for the MSPN they're doing a Marble Mentory soon, and I'm going I'm doing a, a small voice line in it which to help support. And then I also it's very hard to see, but my Marble in is actually in the stands for the current Marble Olympics. Oh, very cool, very cool. But it's in Block One A, and so <laughs> you will very rarely ever get to see it. It's like it looks kind of like a mint green with a brown brown bottom and then like a white wavy line through the middle. It's on oh, the guys, far, definitely it, look out for that. Yeah, he's right next to the second security guard from the very first on the very first block. So if you notice him, that's him. He goes he goes by the name of James Wolf. That's that's his name. But yeah, like I I love supporting stuff like this. Like it's so much fun to kind of just like have fun and be silly and every now and then. Yeah, and 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 going off what you said there, like I mean, for me. Again, the role-playing situation, the kind of realistic feel the Marble Olympics gives is, is one of my favorite parts about it. I mean, like, even you just there. You just said security guard talking about a Marble yeah. Olympics. Like, it was a Yeah. You didn't, you didn't say it, you know, like, 
awkwardly. It was it was just secure, like it was normal. Like, yeah. like it's great that we can just do that. We can pretend like that, and we know we know that they're obviously not real, and they're obviously not um, alive competitors that can uh, affect their own results through practice and things like that. But we right. it's great to uh, talk about it that way. It's a great um, whole new world we can open up and. Uh, I love to be in it. I love to talk about it like it's real. I love when other people talk about it like it's real. I know there's many people out there, including yourself, that are very into that, very into the whole world and aura of the of the Marvel Olympics and Marvel sports and, and that kind of thing as well. And so I, it's great that you're into that. It's great that you're a patron of both of these uh, very, you know, good quality, aspiring uh, YouTube channels. For Marvel Sports, and I, I hope you know more people like you come along, and all of a sudden, Marvel Sports is you know getting to the millions of, of fans, and maybe maybe even I've always thought it would be amazing if there would be like a little convention, a worldwide convention where all the Marvel Sports fans could come together and, and, and talk, just as like a be a great cultural cultural experience. It will be it would be fun. Uh, maybe Joe could do a live Marvel sports thing there. That would just be that would be the coolest thing. I that would be, that would certainly be interesting. Like you could have like the fa- like the people coming to the panel to actually like provide cheering, like actual cheering for the the Marvel. Yeah, system. absolutely. Yeah, you could you could like you literally would have people around as fans around Marvels that are fans around actual Marvels competing. Which just that would be a great awesome fun thing that you could do and obviously that'll probably be a few years down the road but with the way the channels have been exponentially growing i think it's a it's a large possibility it is very surprising legitimately like every now and then you'll see like the marble racing channels from back in the day like they always have that one video that went viral for whatever reason has like a million views but the other ones have like a thousand and like they they have like maybe a thousand or so subscribers at most but Gel's channel specifically has skyrocketed. Like it's ridiculous. Absolutely. Like, has he actually um, reached his original subscriber count yet? Uh, he has not. I think. Uh, I think. I wonder why that is. Either that people subscribed and then lost interest, or haven't had time to really come back in interest, or um, people don't realize that there's two channels because they only really watch the videos but don't know all the news. Right, and so like, they probably didn't realize that he accidentally deleted his old channel, and so now yeah, they, yeah, they don't know what to do. Yeah, they're probably like, oh, I don't even know. And as long as they see the video they want to watch, they'll be okay with it. I mean, right. it's uh, it's just it's just amazing how they grow. And, and to speak to your point again about these channels growing, and like what you said before, like the channels with only 1,000 subscribers – and they'll have a thousand views on like videos, and then all of a sudden one of them will get like three million, and then everything else will be like one K. I actually know a channel and have worked with a channel like that. There's a channel out there called TY Domino Guy. Um, you can you guys can go check that out. He's he's pretty good. He's work he's a he's an aspiring marble race creator, and it's just to me crazy what's going on with this channel. First of all, if you go to his videos and you look at his viewer count, you have a lot of one to ten K views of like people who are loyal watchers every time. Then you have, he has like a couple videos that are literally like 3 million views, crazy amount. You're, ta- um, you're talking a lot there. And then you have a few that are like 300,000, 500,000. I actually did commentary for one that's like 450,000 right now. Like, so he's like huge range of watchers. It depends on the video, I guess. But um, yeah, I just pulled his channel. His highest viewed video is 15 million. 15, that is ridiculous. That's, that's literally high. Do you know that's literally higher 
than anything gel has done. And obviously, compare the qualities. We know which one has the better quality there. Gel's top is about 8 million. And to see that channel get 15 million on one random video, and then most of them are like 1K, to me, that's incredible. And what else was incredible is, the, is how quickly his subscriber count goes up. When I started working for him, he was at 70,000 so subscribers. If you look now, he's at like 110, or upwards of 120, right, right now? Uh, yeah, is a, it's 112 right now. 100, 112. And with, I mean, his content, I'm not going to say it's bad because it's not bad. But like compared to Jell, obviously, you're going to, you know, there's a big content uh, quality gap between him and Jell's Marvel runs, you know, as for most Marvel channels. But I mean, to see him go from 70,000 to 110,000, 40,000 jump in literally the last month, month and a half, that's crazy to me. People seem to be so sucked in by the Marvel racing in general. It, like, I think, I think we're talking, um, you know, some actual worldwide a worldwide community much bigger than we have now in a couple of years because it, it's taken off the whole um the whole sport and the whole you know marble racing in general you know when you said that um Jell's highest video view video was eight million i thought you meant his old channel but no the qualifiers for 2019 is at 8.1 million it's crazy That's, it really like, is crazy the other ones are not even at a million yet but like they're all old videos so i can kind of understand that but like that that's insane like i didn't how, how did it go so viral like what is it i don't know and like if you look at the videos now compared to like you know take the 8.1 million out and then like you know just look at the past ones you're seeing a higher uh consistent retention and view rate on those videos you're talking mostly in the three to six hundred thousand on the uh ml 2019 uh i think uh, that over time, of course, the, the viewer count will go up because, you know, not all the views come in the first day. They come over a couple of weeks. Right. From people getting around to watch. I mean, like, you talk, take a, event one, if you could tell me the viewer count on that. I know you have it pulled up. I should probably pull this up. But, um, I mean, I think it's pretty high, right? Uh, the, the whole, the total viewer count, like on average? Total viewer count of event one of ML19? Oh, on oh, event one. Let me see here. Uh, event one is currently at hmm, let's see uh let's go back to this chronological mode that'll be easier to find okay uh it says event one is currently at three three hundred sixty five thousand. that that is a lot compared yeah. to you know not compared to the 8.1 million of course but the compared but right. to the other ones that's a high retention rate from uh, of the events if you look at the all the events in general, you you look okay. So you got like three sixty five thousand. Then consecutively, event two you got two eighty seven. Uh, event three you got three seventy eight, two eighty, two eighty six, two forty five. I mean, you're talking a retention of a, of probably about two hundred fifty thousand people at least per episode. Probably up to three hundred thousand per episode, which is great retention. You go back to 2016, you look at about maybe a hundred thousand viewer retention rate. You mean, meaning like the amount of viewers that can get the consistent watching every time. 2017, also looking about that 100,000 viewer retention rate. So like it did go up, definitely. I well, think well, the 2019 qualifiers, you got so many views because that was put out everywhere because it was like the beginning of the, of the uh, 2019. It was a new updated quality situation. And right. It, it, got, it, was, it was the first new video on the channel, I think, or one of the first new ones that people hadn't seen before. Right. So that's why it got so many views. And then like you retained like two to 300,000 more viewers than you used to have from that, uh, which is not bad. That would be like, that would be about of the people who watch, you're talking about, uh, 
what would be like 5%, 10% of all the people who watch the qualifiers actually stayed and continue to watch uh, per episode these next ones. I mean, that's that's not bad. So, like, they're, I mean, each year, you take each year, 2020, 2021, you're talking like uh, mid to mid, mid 2020s, you, you, you're going to be doing really well. Gel obviously um, is the forefront of this uh, push for Marble Sports as he has the highest. Uh, consistent viewer rate you have some other channels like marble fubica has a hundred thousand retention rate around but like he has one that like randomly has like 15 million as well i think right but i mean it's it's just it's impressive to see how this has taken off and i think we're talking some really big events possibly some human in person events between marble sports fans and uh some of these channels themselves in like five years around i would definitely be totally for that and hopefully um a part of those in a big way. Yeah, and I don't know what the age analytics are specifically, but if the 2019 teasers, anything go by, like there's actually a surprisingly large amount of viewers who are uh, like like late teens or even young adults. And like the fact that they're willing to watch a marble race for yeah. like like 20, like, like nine, nine to 10 minutes onto such a wide scale is ridiculous. It's not like a bunch of kids like just watching and sitting like with their iPhones exactly, turned on. Right. Like, it's a bunch of people who are legitimately taking their time to watch these things. Right. And oh yeah, definitely. That's a great point. Oh, and by the way, guys, I know this was not the topic we have a couple of topics <laughs> no, to get to, but yeah. this, this is a very important topic. I'm glad we kind of uh, slid right into this. Um, the point you're making. And that's a point that I um, was unsure about, but I'm very happy to see that like you, you ask people because I, you know, I know a lot of people from the Discord in the Marble Base uh, for the Marble Olympics and the Discord from the MSPN and a couple other Marble sports related Discords. I mean, you see, like, you ask the ages of those people. I mean, you're not just getting like 10, 10, 10, 12 year old people. Like, you know, kids like that, you know, they're all a bunch of 100,000 kids just uh, young age watching this and they're going to grow out of it in two years. I mean, you're talking people. Uh, I've seen a lot of, I mean, mostly I see between at, at the very lowest 12 years old and at the highest. Oh, I mean, I, I know a couple that are like actually 50 years old. and they're Really? In, which is, I knew one guy and he's very into this. Um, he loves the whole Marvel sports. I, uh, I've talked to him a couple of times. I mean, the most, the, the big range is usually between 14 and like 25. And the fact, and you're getting like college age people and even people that are into their, uh, regular jobs that are like consistently watching this and are very into this, which, and when you get people that age that are, a lot of them are into something, you're getting that whole community built on that age. Those kind of people are the ones that can, you know, really make this big because this, that's the next generation, next generation of people. You have like a million of them that are into marble sports. You're going to have conventions. You're going to have a lot of interactions. You're going to have big things going on because those are the people that can make things happen. So it's not just a, a little kid thing, nor is it, um, at the other end, like a, like a older thing. It's, it's a, it's right here, right here in the, um, the most, you know, the budding generation. So I, I'm, I'm very excited to see where this goes. And I was surprised, as you said, that we saw the age range of that kind of, uh, situation. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. Yeah. I think, um, now that you mentioned that, like that kind of age range of 14 to 25, that's roughly like the age group that probably watched the first marble racing video show up on YouTube. Right. And they, they probably just like me probably fell out of it as they got older thinking that it was kind of just too silly. But then then saw things like gels, marble runs, and they re realized the potential of like 
how much you could actually do with this kind of concept and start to get back into it again. And that's, I think that's kind of how it all happened. Like a lot of us probably watched marble races on YouTube whenever they got popular. And then as they, and then like, I think they, they got, they started getting less popular thing because the algorithm wasn't supporting it as much, but then it started to happen again. And now we're all getting brought back in again and just making a big giant community. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a great point. And it's, I think that would be a great, like survey to take it would and be all the marble sports players see like our watchers not players um ask them how when did you start watching marble sports the first time and when did you come back to it did you get bored of the the animated and then all of a sudden gel comes out with this real marble situation this real marble olympics and you're like whoa this is crazy this is insane i'm coming back now i mean you might find many people like yourself that had that sort of experience because because that you know I could see that you get into a lot of people like the whole just the feeling of watching marbles and the smoothness and the rolling and everything like I get that like there's a whole it's really just fun to watch the racing um, even with no commentary and stuff but then you get repetitive if it's just animated but then you come back with real life uh, productions and, and and people are just blown away and I was definitely blown away first time I saw a marble. Um, sports. Uh, actually, the first time I saw it was a sand marble rally race, and it was com- there was commentary on it. I was like, "What? No way!" There's commentary on this. Um, I stayed with the channel a little bit. All of a sudden, Marble Olympics pops up. I was like, "What? This is crazy!" There's no way that there is a Olympic Games for marbles. And I was like, "Dude, it's it. I'm watching this channel." Yeah, that, that was for me too. Like, when Greg Wood started talking like, at the beginning of like my first video, I was like, "Are we? Is this seriously happening?" Like, there's I was comments- like, "Whoa, dude! This guy sounds like he should be commentating the NFL or something." You know? Yeah. Um, uh, National Football League for uh, foreigners, NFL America thing. But yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely should be professional announcer. And I'm glad he's into it because his excitement is creating everyone else's excitement. Right. Jell's excitement, his excitement together, that's where you're getting everyone else being like, whoa, this is not just, you know, a 12-year-old throwing throwing marbles at a, uh, you know, one of those tracks you can buy online. This is like, this is production. This is time put in. This is uh, professional. This is, I mean, they're both very excited about this. They're both um, trying to continue this and improve upon it all the time. I want to get into this now. I definitely want to watch this. And I already like marble racing, uh, you know, marginally from before. Now I'm really into it. I mean, right, yeah. And, like, I think, like, um, like that, that's the thing. Like, everybody really needs to kind of be into it because if one person, like, is not putting as much effort into it, like, it kind of, like, sticks out. And, like, because they're going for a very serious film, still, like, a parody or satire or anything like that. So, it, like, with people like Greg Woods, like, taking it very seriously and all that stuff, it adds to the whole immersion of the whole role-playing kind of aspect of it all. Right, because if you listen to Greg Woods, there is no indication that he doesn't think marbles are serious athletes. There's right. no indication the whole time. And it's just it's um it's just an incredible thing. And I I don't I don't think I mean the thing the thing you have to remember is I think everyone's into it, but let's say someone like doesn't get into it. There's someone in that organization, the JMR, who doesn't who feels like doesn't get into it, or someone comes along is like, oh, dude, that's stupid. What are you talking about? Marbles. They're not even a lot. You know, and, they, and then you get that negative energy. Well, there's enough people at this point that um, want to take it seriously, whether they know it's pretend or not, um, uh, that, like, that wouldn't even matter anymore. Like someone in, J, in the JMRC, uh, the Gels uh, Marble Run Committee, gets a little uh, eh about it. They don't even want to do it anymore. Well, there's someone else who wants to come in and take their spot, I guarantee you, well, especially 
maybe with the revenue now from the, that channel. But right. I'm sure there's people who would want to come in um, and be like, hey, you don't like it anymore? Well, you know what? I would love to be part of Jell's Marble Runs because you have a lot of, of a huge fan base now and a lot of supporters and a lot of fans. So, I mean, I, it, it's uh, it's impressive to see how it's grown. I want to see it grow more. Um, it's just it's just amazing. It's amazing that it can sit here and talk with someone um, not even – uh, from my from my state. What are you, where are you from again? Did I ask you? Uh, no, you didn't. But I'm I'm from Texas. From Texas. That's like thousands of miles from me. Two thousand, three thousand, maybe probably two thousand. Um, and I can just sit here and talk to them about Marble Olympics, Marble Sports, and it's just it's just like a awesome thing like that. I can do that. So I, I'm still just I'm, I'm open to where this can go, and um, I hope you guys too. If you guys ever want to do anything, you ever ever want to meet up huge Marvel sports convention. I don't know. Reach out to Jell. Maybe he was down with that. I'm sure in a couple of years, he definitely will want to do that. So, um, always be, uh, always be trying to get involved. You never know where this, um, this can go. And for, for in general, this is one of those things that has an upward trend. This is definitely going somewhere. It's definitely going to go before it goes down in popularity. It's definitely going to go up first. We're on the upward trend right now. So this is the time to get involved. This is the time to get interested um, this is the time to um, to uh, I don't know become become a huge gel fan because it's it's going to be going up for a while. So uh, with that being said, uh, we should talk about the jungle jumpers. Yeah, let's, let's get back into character here. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a great discussion, dude. Though. That was kind of like uh, natural there, but I, I appreciate that. That was good to good to discuss the movement of the whole Marvel sports uh, situation. Right, but right. Um, to focus in a little bit, we have the Marble Olympics. We've had seven, uh, eight events, actually, so far. Uh, no, no, I think it's, it's, it's still seven just now. Eight hasn't happened just yet. Yeah, well, when we're recording. Oh, oh. When, be lis- when you guys are listening, it's going to be eight. So, oh, that, that's right, right. Uh, make sure you, by the way, do your fantasy picks because uh, new fantasy picks open again after Ben 8, so be aware of that. Uh, but first of all, I want to hear from uh, Commander Woof here about... The Jungle Jumpers. What is it you wanted to say about them? How you think about how they've been performing? So I get like any Marvel team that can make it to the Marble Olympics is clearly pretty good. But absolutely, the Jungle Jumpers they just they seem to not really hold up to the standard. Like in the in twenty seventeen, they never made it above um, the fourteenth overall place, and they only won two medals: one in archery for like gold and archery, and then. A bronze and underwater race, and then after that, they didn't even they overslept for the sand race. They like that shows a lot. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah, they don't seem to have a, either the mindset or the dedication, or may, possibly even maybe the skill level to really compete at the absolute top of the top. Definitely, maybe like above the average, but not nearly at like maybe the standard Olympic level. Now, I guess to be fair to them, they did win qualifiers, so they had to beat other teams to make it there still, but they never seem to really continue like they never seem to like actually get people excited because like no one actually expects them to do well and it, it's it's so it's so disappointing like 2018 they didn't even qualify and then 2019 they surprised me with their um their qualifying like that's that, that was the big moment for me because for the 2019 qualifiers momo didn't make it and that's my that's my a team right there and so i needed that's to find a new, i needed to find a new team to follow and like i really like the jungle jumpers coloring and they very they they were very surprising with how well they did in the qualifiers. Like they placed uh, what was it? Was it fifth? F- fifth, and like that that was really surprising for me. It's like maybe they'll do good now. And then 
they just once again started to drop the ball. It, it was like just another outlier. Like they got like they got first place in the let's see what was it? I'm surprised there's no I don't have a chart on the wiki actually for this one uh, for the more recent events. Uh, let's see. Oh, they got first. Yeah, first, in the, the hundred meter water. Wait, oh, oh no, sorry. Yeah, the hundred meter water race, and then. Oh wait, wait! Oh, that was a practice race. Oh, that's right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I'd have to pull that up because, to be honest, um, the jungle jumpers are so under my radar as uh, some a team to notice that I, I have to actually look. They're up. under everybody's radar because they they, <laughs> they don't point, perform yeah. well. I know, and that's like it's a good point to bring up. That's that's to me why I'm surprised why they even got that gold medal. If you could find that, that would be so good. Um, I know we plan to talk about them, but but really, guys, come on! I mean, tell me, tell me right now that you think I should know what how the jungle jumpers are doing. I mean, really? I mean, they they don't they don't perform. So I mean, um, I have no shame in having to look up when they got first place. Uh, uh, did I have this? I might have actually had this written down. Um, also, the, the wiki has conflicting information. Like, so this is that their captain for twenty nineteen is jump still. But then it also mentions that Tarzan is their coach. And I'm trying to figure out, so is Tarzan actually a thing? Like, is, is that a marble? Oh, but the, yeah, coach and captain are different. I oh, okay. Oh, it's right, right, right. like, of the players, uh, the leader, as opposed to the coach being that outside um, marble that is helping to train and, and encourage the team members. Obviously, she should be a little bit more of that from the jungle jumpers. To me, I see a lack of motivation. They always seem to, like, as the said in the um in the wiki that they sit comfortably in fifth place that's the word i love to use comfortable seems like how yeah. they want to be they got into the 2019 marble olympics now they're feeling comfortable they don't feel like they have to perform they got one gold medal now they're like oh we're good now we got a gold medal we can just chill here now yeah. because that's uh that's pretty good you know we got that known ability and we're already in the marble olympics do we think i'm gonna try to you know put any more sweat into into these events not really they don't really seem like that team that really wants to do that. So, I mean, obviously, and you know what? If they don't want to do it, there are teams that want to. Like, you talk about the Green Ducks right now. I mean, holy crap, the Green Ducks. They they are a rookie team. They are really pushing incredibly hard. Obviously, they don't perform, uh, you know, top three in every event, but they've been fourth place in, like, five, four or five times, three, four times. Yeah, they've um, been consistently they, at the top. Yeah, and they got a gold medal. They got a silver medal. They were the first marble to complete the cycle of this uh, of this Marble Olympics. After seven events, they've had a gold, silver, and a bronze. You're talking, that's a motivated team. Jungle Jumpers, not seeing the same motivation or push from them. Uh, did you find the, 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 the... Yes, they got third in the Gravitrax slalom, so the fourth yeah. event. But that's the only that's the only medal they've made so far. It's the only really significant placement I think that they've made for 2019. Oh, they didn't even get a gold in 2019. Not, not yet, not yet. But there's like there's like a, what 16 total events. Oh wow, 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 wow! Didn't even get a gold. Uh, yeah, Jungle Jumpers finished 14th in the block pushing. Pretty bad. You're oh, talking yeah. uh, sixth place in the relay race. So they were they were there. So yeah, they but... had like um they seemed to accidentally fall into some momentum. Uh. After the Gravitrax Slalom in their third, they had a tenth, which was eh. But then they did have a um, they did have a fifth, a sixth in, like I said, in the relay race. But that's really where most of their good performances happened, as they um, they had a dead last in the balancing, and after the block push, recently sit at an overall thirteenth in the standings. I know the the uh, event eight, the triathlon, has happened already, but as of event seven. 
they're sitting in an overall 13th place. So, like I said, not you know they had their good performances, but like I said, not really, not really anything super impressive. Yeah, and I actually completely forgot to mention, but I, their overall placing at the end of 2017 was 15. So they're just like one. They were just just below, above the absolute bottom of that year. And so, like, they're definitely not, like, they either haven't found their legs yet, or they just aren't committed enough. I'm not entirely sure which one it is. Yeah, I, it's, um, you could, you could debate that. I'm not really sure. I mean, the most surprising thing for me is that a team like this, that we're saying is not really a motivated team, is placing higher than the Oceanics. But that's a whole separate discussion. Yeah. Wow, for me on that. Yeah. Like you mentioned, like this block pushing. Um, real quick, they did say that they reduced the weight of the blocks, and so most people probably expected the blocks to go further and like the, beat the record easily. But I think what ended up happening was by making the blocks lighter, they ended up flying off of the track easier, and they lose so much energy, Absolutely. and because of that, they don't travel as far, and that, and that not only is it like reduce the scores instead of actually making them higher it also can it increases the risk of the block flying over to the other track and then like getting a disqualification for a, a even though it's the fault of the prop itself really or the right. uh, and the, that's, um, the block pushing in general the variance of the block pushing in general is something i'm going to i'm going to definitely talk about a little bit later here but one of the things i noticed is that cuz you had three different block pushing variants that um i'll go into more detail a little bit later here but what I see mostly is the transition from the really high scoring 117 meter record um, and the high scoring into the hundreds that you saw into the qualifiers. And then the six between 50 and 70 uh, centimeter scores that you saw here is not just the changing of the block weight, which definitely, um, you know, every time that block flies up and all that weight is on one point, it's going to cause a lot of friction and cause a lot of uh, right momentum loss but you're also talking about track difference in the qualifiers you had a different type of track a more smooth um track being used for the block push shoot and i more, think i noticed that yeah and you now you have this weird like you're going from the this um the single file generic marble racing track that you, you almost see more in the the less uh elite competitions uh you know that that track that very normal track to see and then you go into the Hubelino track for where the block sits as opposed to using that clear, smoother-looking track, more professional-even-looking track in the qualifiers. So I don't know why they made the change. I know both of those differences as well as the um, the block weight change and the block size change definitely was an effect on the event. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking about why they really made that change, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not really sure either, like, it seems like a very strange change to make. Like, maybe they thought it would increase the scores and they didn't re- account for the fact that lower weight meant it could get thrown around more. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, that's definitely up for discussion. Um, something I do want to cover, though, because moving on from the Jungle Jumpers here, um, if you have thoughts on them, definitely please write in, uh, voice message in, because I want to hear how you think. Is there hope for them? Because we got half of the Marvel Olympics left to go here. So That's obviously true. anything can happen. Even the Oceanics could win th- uh, three <laughs> golds in a row and change it. Obviously unlikely, but possible. Um, I do want to move on to the, the more hot topic here. Uh, the situation in that event six, the five-meter relay with the Raspberry Racers and the Midnight Wisps. What was going on there? Did, do you think it was a 
interference? Do you think it deserved disqualification? What was going on there? Why don't you uh, start us off on that? Explain a little bit of that. So the more I watch, like I'm, I'm literally playing it back frame by frame here. And the more I'm seeing it, like this seems like uh, before, when, before we started recording, I did mention that I think I was more on the side of it should be qu- kind of a disqualification. Absolutely. You did. Yeah. And, but like, I'm, I'm more on the fence now. Cause like looking at it, like, I'm, I'm like literally by frame by frame the midnight wisps like just a little bit off course and like they it seems like they were intentionally trying to hit the block away from like the the button to knock it over and so it seems like it's kind of like flying up and like it's it's either like there's it's too wide of an area and the equipment needs to be improved or the midnight wisps were intentionally trying to throw their block onto the raspberry's pathway it's not it's not really clear like and I, I I get the arguments here. Like on the one hand, like the equipment, like is, it could be a, a, a equipment failure, and like they need to do, get something better. But it could also be that the Midnight Wisps were intentionally exploiting that error to try and mess up the other teams. Yeah, very possible. And um, I'm pulling up the clip right now as you speak. Do you have the time clip? Yes, uh, the the replay slow mo version is at two four. Is like two uh, two thirteen. I think it's like two thirteen to two fourteen. And that's where I'll, it, I'll definitely pull that up. But I remember from what I saw, two thirteen to two two sixteen. Oh, two sixteen. All right, I'm pulling that up here. Uh, to me, what it looked like, and it, it, it's a, it's hard to see because obviously the marbles are moving so fast. And I, I don't. Did they really give a slow mo view of that? Not they. They do. They, they do get a slow mo. It is slow mo. It's, it's not zoomed in though, but it is slow mo. And you can like you can change the play speed if you need to. Right and. It's to me. It just seems like they were kind of just clumsy on their end. Like they were coming into the block. They were all motivated. They were trying to push as hard as they could to continue the race. And they they happened to knock into that block. And it seemed like the block itself, because like the, the relay transition block, I like to call it. You have the block part, and then you have that actual transition stick where you push on it, and it helps the next marble around. Um, to me, it looked like. Uh, more they were pushing that forward. Like it got pushed uh, forward into the next marble and then kind of hit off the next marble and moved to the side as opposed to trying to push it to the side itself and knock the raspberry racers. I'm, I'm looking at the slow-mo here now, so I'll get a good view. Right, and like I do get that argument, but like it could be like, I think that they should improve the equipment for at least n- next year. But like for this instance, I think like maybe the disqualification this disqualification was still necessary because it it's showing the other teams that they need to be careful and like be precise with like how they're transitioning because they could end up ruining someone else's run even if it was by accident and so like I can see why a disqualification would be necessary to try to send that message and it can maybe t- um show, tell them other marbles that they need to really pr- work on their precision and aim I suppose. See, that's a great point, and there's and that's where the two sides come because I do disagree on that. I I looked at this clip here, and if you look at the clip, I'm looking at the slow motion, um, the slow motion clip here of the actual transition where the relay block and stick kind of came apart. I don't see any point in which that block or that relay stick was in the Raspberry Racer side. That's where I'm very confused. As um, to... if you if you look closely, so it's at uh, let's see, um, it's at. I'm gonna look again here, just to be sure. But I, I'm I'm t- to me. 
Okay. So if, at two seventeen, there's a split second where you see it, but there's also a freeze frame after the, after the replay. At two thirty-seven, the block is clearly in their trackway. So here's where I'm coming from in this. All right, let me go back here one more time to two hundred eight, because like this, this is this is just to me, it's it's not okay. So I'm looking at this clip. And if you're not looking at this clip, you need to go look at this clip. Okay, so first of all, there. Off the hit, the contact between the transition block and the Midnight Wisps marble, I don't know which marble it was, um, the initial movement was not towards the Raspberry Racers lane. I see a forward movement, almost like the, the momentum of the Midnight Wisps marble was so great that he, he powered through and almost lifted that transition block off where it was supposed to be. Then... Well, he did. Um, like, it's, it's, like, if you look at it, it's completely... Like, it, so at 237, there's a freeze frame. It's completely moved on to another section of the track. Like, it's, the next section of the track's elevated to keep the blocks from flying off like that. And he managed to push it completely off of it into the next section and then into the Raspberry's lane. But, like, but like that's not the full block. And when you look at the clip, the Raspberry Racers were all already in front of the Midnight Wisps at the, at the collision with that transition block. So right, but... At, how but they, the minute... yeah. but, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll just... I'll just yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, so... They like, that is well that is true. Like looking at it, that when they they both hit the block at the same time, and so they probably thought that maybe they could get it onto them before they made it pass. But because he put put so much force in hitting the block instead of the transition button, he the the midnight wisps marble ended up going slower, and then everybody else. So they it was it was basically a huge like it, the way it looks like if they were trying to cheat intentionally, it was a horrible decision, not just from a ethical standpoint, but also because but from a like logical one because like it just ended up lo- like even if they managed to obstruct raspberry the raspberry racers their marble would not be able to catch up to the pinkies or the mellow yellows after that absolutely the- it's a great point so for from uh, it's standpoint pinkies or snowballs that, i'm sorry it's pinkies right there's a pinkies, uh, yeah, so. with pinkies and uh, mellow yellow two yeah. things that also uh mellow yellow is starting to improve a lot this year but pinkies they are still, uh you're talking oceanics level play from them but um when I'm lo- I'm looking here, I see the freeze frame. I see there's a part of the block that is over the white line into the Raspberry Racers lane. But look at the clip. Raspberry Racers were past the Midnight Wisps when this even happened. How could the Midnight Wisps astru- obstruct the Raspberry Racers and the Raspberry Racers weren't even there to begin with? They were well, already in front of them. That'd be like trying to, you know... B- block an animal from leaving a from leaving a uh, a pen when the animal is already out. I mean that that that's like that's where I'm I'm at here. It looks like just to me it would be very illogical and, and insensible for such for a team such uh, the status and the intelligence of the Midnight Wisps to try to block a marble that was not even there to begin with, um, as well as slow themselves down to push them into the other lane. And I know that they have to go by rules. So rules, um, they might say, rules might, uh, however they write the rules, might say, okay, if this happens, you have to disqualify because you can't assume that it was an accident. You can't assume because you have to have rules set out. I'm saying, though, if you really look here, not a lot of that block is in the Raspberry Racers lane. There was after they were gone. You're seeing the transition block. Um, you're seeing it mostly move forward from the time it was dislodged. Um, I would really blame the... Uh, uh, gels marble runs as the organization itself and the equipment they set up 
that's who I would put most of the blame on. I wouldn't, I may, I mean, obviously the Midnight Wisp has already taken a fourth place. I don't see why we need to disqualify them and give them that automatic 16th place in this event because it's, it seems to me that they weren't really trying to do this. They were just trying to race as fast as they can. And I get I, yeah, but like um, in the rule book, it does say like attempted obstruction, even if it doesn't succeed, like is still grounds for disqualification. And there's, there is somewhat of a motive technically for like, so like looking at the stats of, for this event, like, the Raspberry Racers had two silvers ready, and Midnight Wisps haven't won a single medal. So even though they were like they're they're a top tier team, they they won last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? They were the winners, right? Yeah, Midnight Wisps great yeah. push but, last year to win. Yep. So I guess maybe they felt threatened, and so like, that, that you can use that as an argument to say that they that's why they would do it. But I'm not entirely sure. like I am definitely agreeing with you here. Like it's not an easy like distinction. Like it's it, it's very possible that they were trying to do it, but maybe they it was an accident and like. This is something that maybe like um, MSPN could do. Like they could try and interview them to see get their side of the story. You know, like I would, see love, to they, I would love to hear a that would be um, very the MSPM's uh, talk show. Yeah, go into this. They haven't, like, they haven't posted yeah. in a while, but that would be. I think like the, yeah, I think they should really ask the Wisps and, and like Pinkies, Yellows, and the Raspberries all like in, in kind of like uh, interviews, like to see what they all saw at that moment. I doubt the Pinkies or the Mellows could see anything because they were probably focused on what they were doing rather than what was happening next to them. Because like, that's how you, to win a race, you really got to kind of focus dead ahead. So the only people who could probably really give us a good explanation would be the Wisps and the Raspberries. Yeah. But they're both clearly biased parties in this, obviously. So even if they do tell us, like, you do have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, absolutely. And do we have any indication that the Raspberry Racers brought this situation to the attention of the officials, or is it more like an observed thing from the outside and the officials uh, stepped in? I believe it was the officials themselves that stepped in. Like, right. like yeah, there, it was not none of the racers brought it up themselves. It was the officials who made that call. I think I think they made the call like, in the middle of the event, if I'm not mistaken. I could be like, as it was going, or maybe that, maybe, it was, maybe it was brought up at the very end. Maybe, could, and that's where. Um, for me, I think there needs to be sort of a progression of um, rules and regulations by JMR themselves in this kind of situation. Because I think what should be happening, anytime you have a situation where an obstruction or a unfair play between marbles may be unclear, like in this situation, there's an argument for you that they were trying to do it and it could, it, you know definitely possible then there's the argument on the other side that oh well they were just pushing and the thing dislodged it was an equipment problem and it happened to uh fall a little bit into the other lane there's both sides of that argument but i think when you face that in the actual event and you actually are deciding whether a marble is disqualified or not you need to actually they should have been talking and addressing the marbles themselves or i think there really should be a rule that unless the a, a team brings it up themselves it should really unless it was really blatant if the other team does not bring it up it should probably not be pursued because um you know if the raspberry racers didn't feel at all affected by the fact that they were supposedly um obstructed then you know why why create drama for many for many marbles when the marbles don't want drama themselves so i think i think there should be a look into the tweaking of the regulations in, uh, in talking about obstructions and things like that. Um, but that's, you know, that's a complicated topic when you get into, okay, should, should they be asking the team first? Should they not listen to the biased views of the team? Should they try to go right into the, have a rule set and follow the rule set? I mean, that's a very difficult topic. Right. And I think what I want to know is like how they came to the decision. Like, is it like other sports where like, the referees or the judges like will kind of come together and like make a decision, like kind of maybe vote 
And so, like, was it was this like a or is this like a, the determin determination of like one person? It's like there's like one judge who decided this decision. Like, I, I like to know is there like a group of judges that that kind of came together and like decided? Like, I just I looked at the clip. It was during the replay that the disqualification was actually announced. Right. So I'm wondering if maybe like after the event happened, they noticed it, like, and they probably came together and voted on it, or if this was just like one single party making this decision. Like, that is something that should be distinguished. Absolutely, because you see in many sports where um, plays happen that are confusing and happen vote so very quickly, it's hard to tell. Like you can see in the normal clip, it happens so quickly you can't even tell. Yeah, um, I didn't notice it the first time in my first viewing. Yeah, I really did not either. So that was it, that's where like um, in other sports when that happens, they have like a conferring of the referees. They watch the replay, they talk about it. They're like, okay, um, based on what we're seeing, should we consider this an actual uh, attempted obstruction? And um, if I at least saw an indication of a, con a conference, then I would have been a little more like, okay, even if I think the call is bad, well, not all calls are going to be perfect. Everyone sees it differently, and calls are going to be calls, and I would have been okay. I didn't see really too much of conferring or uh, a review and time taken to review the replay, so I'm a little bit uh, concerned about that. Besides that, though, I mean, I think, you know, obviously – it's going to come down to uh, the judges. It's going to come down to the referees. You have to trust them. You have to believe them. And if they make a bad call, everyone makes a bad call. But I do think in this situation, it was not a, a, an attempted, uh, purposeful obstruction. Right. And let's see. Uh, I'm looking at the clip again. So they finished at like roughly. It was. Mm, okay, uh, their finishing time was nine point nine nine uh, nine point five four. So. If they didn't get disqualified, they would have taken eleventh uh, place from Indigo Stars. So if you, I guess if people want to like calculate this for the final event, like they could put Midnight Wisps at eleventh and then shift everything down. And but that's literally just a one. So they would have five points, but then everybody else would only be like one point down from what they got before. So chances are this event in the long run is not going to make a difference, especially since Midnight Wisps were already kind of low on the standings. Like, they're Great. about midway. So this ultimately probably will not matter in the long run. If it ends up being a big issue, this is definitely going to be like a point of contention for a long time. But I get the feeling that this is not actually going to matter at the very end of the thing. And that's, and that's a good um, general point to take. And I think in the final analysis, when it all comes together, Midnight Wisps aren't going to be five points out of first place, if you know what I mean. But yeah. it's a debate. What if, okay, if we're looking at a situation where the Midnight Wisps are like fourth place and they end up like five points or less out of third place, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to have um, a lot of contention, a lot of upset teammates because you, you didn't have a system that uh, set up that was completely fleshed out for that kind of um, – that kind of difficulty that to deal with those kinds of problems. And then you're going to have contention between those two teams. You're going to have contention uh, between the Midnight Whips and JMR and the regular, uh, the regulatory officials. And, and, and that's going to get uh, by the IMC too. Right. Definitely the IMC. And, and that debate can go back and forth. You could be say you could say, you could take the other side of that and say the fact that the Midnight Whips were disqualified, uh, took away some of their, um, their, uh, credibility. Not necessarily, well, maybe a little bit of credibility, but um, some of their momentum, their uh, mojo that they've had, right? Especially into that, they got first place in the. Which event was it that they got the first place in? The um, the Midnight Wisps. Oh, the Midnight the Midnight Wisps. So they didn't yeah. get a, they didn't get a medal yet. Oh, they got first place in something definitely. 
um, maybe maybe in event seven, but they have not gotten the by the end of the looking at the the end result uh, for the, for twenty nineteen and for this event specifically, they don't have a single medal. Oh well, <laughs> um, evidently they actually got first place in the in the block pushing. So now oh so so it was, so it was like okay I all right. So my argument yeah, they, is quite odd, but what I'm saying here is like you could say okay well maybe if they didn't get disqualified, first of all maybe they wouldn't have gotten first in the next event because so seemingly they took this not as a negative thing, but they took it as a, something to bounce back from. Obviously they really did bounce back going from. Uh, last in event six to first in event seven but then like you know depending on the different teams that this happens to because this is probably not going to be a one-time occurrence because there's always uh difficulties you could say okay if that team didn't get those five points and they got disqualified you that team may have um you know not have gotten that first place in the next event that team uh those teams that got one point less those teams might have performed uh better if they not have had their one point less so you're you're getting in some very difficult uh situations um in discussions on the uh, morale of of each team, the uh, progressing skill of each team into the next events, and that's why there needs to be definite rules so that uh, as fans and as teams, they know whatever happens here, it, it, you may just you may just suffer from this, and that's the way that everyone gets the play on. Everyone gets the fair play here. And I'm looking confused. at the oh, oh sorry, go ahead. Uh, so I'm looking at the uh, total points after the block push and. This actually does kind of matter to a small degree. It's like the the teams that were that um that uh, the midnight list would have replaced is Indigo Stars, Savage, Oceanics, Balls of Chaos, and Chocolatiers. So Savage Speeders and the Crazy Cat Size are both are tied right now, uh, and Mel Yell are all tied with eighty points. This so, is after, uh, as of so, event seven, by the way. Uh, yes, out guys, but this yeah. is as of event seven. Right, so moving Savage Speeders down one point can takes that out that, that tie away. And it's like these one point values do matter right now, but that's the short term. I think in the long term, ultimately the like this is this early season stuff. Like there's gonna be a lot of ties at the beginning, but generally in sports like this, the like the teams don't like flip flop with performances. There's always like a consistent set of teams that do good. Right, like the green so, so like there's not gonna be like it's very, it's very unlikely, but I highly doubt there's gonna be a point where all like at, at the end where all sixteen teams are actually like so super close in terms of point values. Like I've never seen that before in marble sports or any sports personally. So yeah. what, so ultimately, I think while the tie right now, um, this will affect the t- the uh, point values here in the short term. In the long term, this it shouldn't matter. Absolutely, yeah, I agree with that. And though it would affect the standings right now, definitely, which always affects team morale and things and, like and that yeah. in a small way, I would say that overall, the five points is not going to really make an effect. Midnight Whips are not going to all of a sudden finish um, in like top three all of a sudden because they had five extra points. Right. But it's it's just like a it's it's just a general thing it needs to be fleshed out and needs to be made a constant that can be um, you know recognized by everyone everyone needs to know okay this is what happens when this kind of thing happens we don't have to be guessing how this is going to go um and there's going to be bad calls but you know what with a more uh uh methodical way to handle each one of these problems i think that's uh going to be more receptive the fans and the the teams are going to be more receptive of that i don't know if there was too much uh backlash from any of these teams midnight wisps raspberry racers on the call here or on the situation at the moment especially since the midnight wisps kind of came back with that first place so the they might be feeling all right at the moment it it is good to just uh for the future realize this um and i would i would say 
you know, just just to try to, you know, make this a little bit more, I don't know, put some more rules on this. I, that's all I'm saying. And, and yeah. I hope the JMRC works this out. Yeah. And but, I can definitely tell you that the Oceanics are happy because they are li- they are tied with Pinkies at the end of Event 7. So they were literally one point away from being, di- without question, the worst team for this season. <laughs> so they, they can still say that, hey we're, we're, hey, we're tied, so we're technically still not confirmed to be the worst of this season. Oh, that's that's still so sad. Home field advantage, and they're still so low. That's so oh, sad. And, How did the snowballs do during uh, 2018? Like for uh, like their snowball. See, that's that was just that was something I brought up in uh, the last episode. The because a lot of people were coming around saying, "Okay, well, it's a it's a uh, normal thing. It's almost like a superstitious thing that if you host the Marble Olympics, you're not going to perform well. Well, that's not even true. Yeah, they, talk- they, 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 they placed in the top half from, from right. last year. I, I believe they placed six. I could be wrong, but it's definitely it was seven. five and seven. And they were running in the top four for like half of that season. And that's the – see, I'm, listen, what I said about it before, the fans probably did not – were not upset with the snowballs – with the seventh, we said seventh place, right? I mean, that's not that bad. And I know that the home field still, but like, that's fine. Cause the fans got to see them compete. They know it's more Olympics. They know these are the top 16 teams. I got to see the snowballs compete um, at a high level for, for a long time uh, for in the top four for a while there. And, and then they're like, they sunk down a little bit, still stayed in the top half. Well, the fans are like coming out like, Oh, that was, that was good. They, they, they competed. They were good. Oceanics, I'm not even seeing any sign of competing. They're below teams like the Jungle Jumpers that seem to have lost some motivation and lost some, um, you know, some drive to really compete in this Marble Olympics. I mean, and they're sitting way below that. Jungle Jumpers now at 42, Oceanics at 22. The host team, the host team who has run in the top four for many, many um, events in the last couple of seasons, and you're going to tell me they're going to sit in last pick place? I mean, come on. I mean, to me, that's that's not even a trend through host teams, nor is it at all respectable. So, obviously, like I said, happy is a relative term. It's, it's better to not be better to be fifteenth than to be sixteenth. Um, but I mean, I mean, they should really have like fifty more points than they do now, right? And like, um, like honestly, like the the home field advantage thing is like. It definitely plays tightly into the how what you do because like, like it's a mental thing, but ultimately it doesn't actually matter like in like regards to what sport it is. But it's more of a I guess a mental state. So like you would think that it would at least help them to do better, but I guess it probably goes to show that it takes a lot more than just men- your own mental state or own motivation to actually do well in a sport. You actually have to put the effort in and really be good at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And- um- it is a lot of a mental thing when you talk about the home field advantage. Uh, and it, it, I guess it's showing with the Oceanics, but I mean, I'm really trying to understand what's been going on with them. Even the Rangers, who had a, a stint there where they were not performing that well, they came back where they had a second place one event. They had like a the block push. They had a, what did they have, like an eighth, seventh? They had like a, no, they were above that. They were like fifth. They were performing decently. I actually picked them for my fantasy team um, for events six and seven, uh, oh no, a seven and eight because of how they've been increasing their performance, and and Rangers were sitting at the level of the Oceanics, below the Oceanics even, uh, at the beginning of this Marble Olympics first three four events. So I mean, I mean, you can turn it around, and the and the Rangers are definitely doing that. Oceanics still cannot get out of this bottom divot. They didn't even do good in the one water event, whereas in the snowballs like. 
they there were a lot of ice events but like the, the one snow event i think that like the snow rally they did fourth it's like maybe like they're like their own like physical makeup i don't know if like these marbles are just representative of these elements or if they actually are made up by them but like they're they're meant to represent the ocean and they did ba- they actually did really bad in the one water event that happened absolutely and that is um it baffles me yeah i mean we have other water events coming up so we'll see True. if they somehow magically get their act together but i'm i'm really i'm in general kind of confused as to their performance please someone out there who may know something about the oceanics write in and tell me what's going on here all right, because this is this is something that I've been confused on for a long time. Um, um, bringing it back to the relay race thing about obstructions, I think there is a, a bigger issue that needs to be addressed. The divider walls are either like maybe maybe it's not actually an issue. If I actually was like there in person, I could see a better look of it. But I'm pretty sure they are too low and too thin to the point where the marbles can actually physically touch each other. I'm pretty sure that they can do that. Like look, um, like looking at some of these shots, I'm pretty sure like like. At 410, I'm pre- the, the, the hazers and the pinkies are nearly touching each other, and the pinkies isn't even all the way to the right as it could be. If it's moved over a little bit more, they probably, in fact, in the event, they probably were bumping into each other. Actually, yeah. If you look at the divider walls, they're not wide enough, and they're not tall enough that if, the, the, if one side of the marble was on, like if the mellow yellow was already on the, all the way on the left and the pinkies were all the way on the right, they would touch each other. And if you look at the, um, the way the course is set up, you have a, uh, you know, where the actual transition blocks are, you have a, you have a higher wall than the rest of, than where the rest of the course is, which you, it would make sense, but the rest of the course, you mean, you, you have some thin, you have some thin and short walls there, thin and short dividers. So I can see why that transition block would have strayed over the other lane, because that divider is not even that high. And while I think that it depends on what you're really looking to have here during these, um, this relay, if you want the, if you want there to be a component of a possible collision between marbles when going down, then of course, and then you're doing fine. But I don't know if that's really what they're going for. So I would, I would wonder as to uh, what they're looking at there, yeah. and, and and if you know they should be thinking about changing that. To be honest, and I, I wonder, like, like, would it be considered obstruction if like there was clear evidence of marbles um, constantly hitting each other down the track, or would that be, or would the judges let that go? Would they let that go? Like. It's it's I'm not sure it didn't come up in the video obviously so there's probably no way to know for certain but it I would I want to know like is that considered obstruction or like like it would definitely probably be considered fighting like they're like they're fighting each other on the way down you know yeah it depends on how they view collisions during the relay if they're between marbles I don't know there's no rules on that but um, I figure I figure it wouldn't be encouraged in the relay that's that's my thought like because if you if that if that is considered obstruction then the um. Like then the whole midnight wisps thing can technically probably have more arguments for being an intentional obstruction because like he's veering really close to the raspberry racers. Like looking at frame by frame, they never actually did manage to make contact. But like he, it's such a sudden turn. It looks like he maybe was trying to intentionally try and bump into the raspberry racers to get lose, make it lose the momentum, so it wouldn't have as as smooth of a start at the start. Yeah, and then, like, and, then and then you're back there, and I understand yeah, that. Yeah. That's that's. That's so difficult. And, and that's a distinction that I think the judges need to make. Definitely. And that's a difficult topic because then you, then you have to ask, okay, was that marble just bouncing between the two walls because it was losing control and it's very difficult to stay straight in the relay? Or was it trying to hit the marble next to it? And, and then you, you're off on another tangent that's really, you know, it's, it's a good discussion. I mean, I, I don't know. It's very hard when these marbles are moving so fast to really tell where they're trying to head. 
And, and that's why I think there should be more, um, you know, higher walls, uh, more, uh, you know, implanted transition blocks to keep the marbles from hitting into each other and causing those disturbances. But, you know, while you're having those uh, possible difficulties, you need to be able to have rules set out to definitely make decisions on them. Now, I'm looking at the walls. These are made of styrofoam, and, like, to kind of, once again, drop, like, the whole character thing, I think this was, it was designed specifically this way in order to try and encourage, um, maybe, like, like drama to happen in the event to make it more exciting from, from a, a YouTube perspective, like, possibly, to, like, possibly. see, like, to them, like, jump over, like, hitting the wall, like, because it's styrofoam, so they could, they could jump or break it really easily and jump over it. and so I, th- I think, like, I think in this season specifically, Zhell has, um, tried to, impl- um, add in, like, uh, more, like, a uh, drama stuff from either, like, fans interfering or, um, from the the team specifically this season, the, the teams themselves creating drama. Like in 2017, there was a lot of uh, or it was 2017 or 2018. Like there was a lot of um fabricated fan like interference. But like, yeah, those were really good. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I did like I did like Olympics that. I really enjoy. But here, like this, it it's like trying to encourage more like t- intentional. It might be an intentional decision to, so that there would be more potential for a marble to either launch the block or launch itself into someone else's track and try and create that drama and tension and stuff and i'm definitely all for that but at the same time like to a certain degree it might need to like you might want to pull it back a bit because like while i am liking like the whole role playing of like actual drama being in there like i feel like it should be something that happens on its own rather than trying to um like increase the the chances of it happening because it can then like result in certain marbles like not like like instance here that was being disqualified like this probably wouldn't have, if the wall was taller, the block wouldn't have flown out. It would have stayed in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that then, to me, that's like, now they're confusing. Because if you're making the course to increase action between the marbles, well, then don't turn around and disqualify a team over something seemingly seemingly kind of trivial and also very um, on the fence as to if there was actually a disturbance as, as this situation here, I mean, the block wasn't really clearly over. It wasn't like he hit it to the right from the situation. It looked like it went forward and fell over. It could have been a disturbance, could have not have been. And if the track was created to increase action and a little bit of drama, well, then why would you disqualify a team based on that? I mean, maybe they didn't want to do a redo. And I understand not doing a redo because now you're affecting other teams that didn't have problems. But then, like, I just feel like... Uh, it's such a difficult thing because then if because if you didn't do a redo if you don't want to do a redo and then you left it to as is then you're saying then there was no problem at all and then but if you don't leave it as is um and you uh disqualify them then you're saying do they deserve to be disqualified but if you do a redo then they're saying really you're going to affect all those other teams and do a redo. right it's, and it, it's, that's, it's, that's a that's a precedent of for like how they would have to be handled in the future and i think maybe, maybe that's the other thing like they're trying to make sure that like, in the event that this happens again, they don't want to like uh, excuse someone who was trying to intentionally screw someone up. So like they're showing that they are going to be very um, strict about this. And even if there is like it's potentially not intentional, they are going to still get you for it. So that would to further discourage even the most discreet sort of cheating at all. Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. And it's just uh, it, it gets more confusing as you discuss it. If you know what I mean. Yeah. But, uh... like, but so, like like trying to trying to discuss it from a more meta meta and like real life perspective is more is it has its own aspects to it that are kind of interesting to figure out 
but, know, you take different dimensions and angles on it that, that you almost confuse yourself. It, it's it, it's a it's a topic, and that's what I hope JMR yeah. releases more definite rules and maybe a statement based on the situation later that can kind of clear this up for the fans and um, hopefully right. this will fizzle out. But yeah, because uh, like we did, we we said it before, like we know that like it's all very silly, like watching marbles race. But like the reason why it's also so fun is because like it's it truly is random chance. So even like you, even if you get upset, your team's like failing. You can like kind of like, smile or laugh about it afterwards because like you realize what you're getting upset over is ridiculous. <laughs> but when it's but when it's so when there's so much discrepancy between how, how much interference from the creator in the actual results of the event, it can start to take away from that fun for some people because it's no longer absolutely just random chance and it's potentially like not being unfair to other teams. And so you're you can't really be okay with a t- your team losing anymore because they probably might not have lost if it wasn't for that interference. Yeah, yeah. And then you start to get some emotions of the fans. You're right, like, the... like actual legitimate people upset, like, like not like pretend upset, like actually upset. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean to be honest, the, the bigger this becomes, the more fans of specific teams right. are going to get more upset when they see um, disqualifications based on obstructions because this is an argument that like like let's say this happens three years down the road so now uh jail's channel has like two million subscribers you know what i'm saying that kind of stuff right then then you have people big fan bases for every team even like the limers <laughs> and then, <laughs> the limers but i forgot about you them have this happen then fans who are like i mean now they have money betting on this money betting. Oh, i forgot about that I-, I mean they have fantasy leagues on this now you're talking people with money on the line with uh points at least for fantasy on the line where people get kind of upset about sometimes yeah, i mean right. now you're talking you better not have you yeah, that's true that's true i completely forgot about that set of rules out so that they know if this happens i mean what are the actual rules what are the preset rules so that i cannot be upset or shouldn't be upset based on this happening or most of the time you're not going to have a- actual angry people like oh i lost money on this because you disqualified them and i don't even think they should have been disqualified all right you know right. things like that and that's where um you know, eventually, I think the JMRC will um, release and take effect more set rules. But that's definitely, you know, as this gets becomes a bigger thing and a, a, an event uh, sport where there's going to be more on the line for each event, you have to keep it as fair as you could ever keep it. And that's um, that's probably the big idea discussion that this event uh situation here with the midnight wisps brings up uh and that and, and by the way that's a great discussion for, yeah like, uh for pretty much ever and, you know and that's been the, that's, that's been my biggest like um point of contention for myself is like how much do i um per, do i care about like drama to make this show the, the the video more interesting over ensuring that every single team has as much of a chance to succeed as possible because like some of these obstructions like some of these um the fabricated uh drama and stuff like well, it like even the past, like some of them have like, they've been this, this major, I guess, but like the, or, uh, this one's not, this one's not really fabricated. That's that, that's going a bit too far. But like sometimes, like the uh, drama, like maybe affected event, like like resulting in a race having to be redone. Now, I'm sure like the, the the redone race was done first, and so to like avoid like people complaining about that. But like to a certain degree, I feel like it, it's a debate over whether or not you want to have you want to watch the show, the marble races more for drama in entertainment mm-hmm. or uh, like of like emulating real life sports more and more over at least 
over the uh, teams having equal chances to win? Eh, yeah, that, that's, that depends on where the majority of your viewers are going. If, right. if, you're, if 90% of your viewers are watching for entertainment and they are sending in messages like, oh, there should be more fan interference, there should be more random disqual- you know, that kind of stuff, random yeah. disqualifications, then Joe's faced with, okay, do I want to please these people or do I want to make sure that the people are spending real money on teams mm-hmm. are not upset? That's, to me, that's something that kind of solves itself because the more um, – strict and methodical the rules themselves get the more situations you have like this because then you know as the rules tighten up then the every time there's a little bit of a discrepancy then there can be a discussion and a drama and the and a uh you know between players and between fans and between the teams themselves um and and that's the biggest difference oh sorry like that's the biggest difference with gels marble runs like with versus like the algodoo racers like in in algorithm races, like if a marble got stuck or it glitched out of the map, the um like the the person like the per- a person can like pause it and like get the marble loose and like let the team get, can let it keep going, so like everybody has a fair chance to win. But in something like Joe's marble runs, like instead of like redoing, they've actually they've actually started to um, roll with um, unintended accidents and actually imply and added in and saying that like it's the marble making a decision or making a mistake rather than just a flaw with the system and that and on the one hand i like that because it adds like again to the the role-playing aspect of like it would it was the marbles like making a mistake it wasn't this uh a small random issue and like i do like it to a certain degree but like now it's trying to edge to a point where it's almost like he's intentionally trying maybe trying to make them happen which is like you know kind of teetering on the edge of what i would most people probably be consider it to be acceptable absolutely and uh two things i want to quickly bring up first of all um Talking about that right there, the decisions of the marbles, first of all, more realistic when you have real marbles and definitely kind of the uh, feel you want to get of the Marble Olympics itself. And uh, when talking about that kind of uh, topic, you can also refer then to that Arranger situation in the funnel spin. Um, should that right. have started? Was that the Arranger's fault? To me, that was the Arranger's fault. Um, debate on that as well. The other thing I want to say from this that I kind of just forgot, but, <laughs> but uh, oh, oh my God, can this come back to me? Um, damn. Um, Literally just well, forgot that. So I guess uh, I guess that was the one thing I, I could say on that. But uh, definitely, you know, oh, yeah. So there's, there was discussion in a, the Discord of the Marble Base. It was, a, it was, it was not like a, accusatory discussion uh, or a debate it was more just a regular discussion about does gel uh redo races to get certain results or does he just let it go right and, and that's been that that's been around since marble racing's we started like, like people would always make claims like that when their team wasn't winning right and absolutely and um as conf- uh that was a good discussion and the result that came from that uh first of all since that one of the people who helped create marble olympics uh admins and was uh that discord and was a part of that discussion and the fact uh oh so he so the, what came from the discussion is she's like no they just they do it one time and whatever happens happens and then when things that happen weird like the midnight wisp so the arrangers those are just the stories that come up from the event and become the right. drama and it's been more solidified that this is the case by the fact that the live streams of the events have begun. Like for example, I popped into a live stream real quick. Um, not for long. I didn't actually see much. 
uh, where Jell was uh, doing the Cubalino Maze Race, which is coming events nine or ten, I think. And so, so he like they do a, they have the live streams of the events now. So they're saying, okay, look, we're only doing it once, and you can see us live only doing it once. So we're trying to make sure we keep it very random. And when things happen like that, that's going to be the drama. But then you have to go on past that and say, okay, when that happens. Um, do I do I need to make every little thing a drama, or can some th- some things have to stay uh, kind of as an accident, so that we're not actually jeopardizing people who who are betting on marbles with real money and their um, their winnings because we made something that was an accident, and even from the clip looks more like an accident into something that causes a disqualification. Yeah, like and thinking about that, I'm like I'm pretty sure like the whole like wall height and width thing is more or less like like. An unintentional thing. I think it was more of an oversight. I'm pretty sure. Sh- like, like Gel is so committed to this. I doubt that he would intentionally try to like um, run the risk of like uh, draw, like act, real life getting people actually upset. I think that it was just an oversight. And like, he, like in none of the test runs, like did he encounter an issue where marbles were flying over or knocking into each other and ruining the, the race? I think like ma- like that was just an oversight. And like that's something they should probably consider for future events. Like to really consider how wide or how tall the um, barriers are. Like, if they want them to actually bump into each other, like, that's perfectly fine, but they should probably make that more obvious, you know? Absolutely. And um, I think those will be fleshed out as he hears, hopefully, uh, podcasts like this and discussions like this that um, discuss all the info right. of it. Now, and, there's one um, last thing. Oh, sorry. There's one thing that, like, the whole gambling thing, I completely forgot. Is there a limit to how much you're allowed to bet with that system that they have? Um, I'm not sure. I can't do it. I think you have to be not in America, like in Europe area. Oh, you, ha- oh, you have to be. You have to be in Europe. I think so. I'm oh, so not I, can, I can't even sure. check it then. Like, um, what, what video was it that was mentioned on? Um, I don't know. In the Reddit, it's mentioned, and there's a link to it. Uh, ugh, uh, let me see if I can pull up the Reddit real quick. Marble Olympics gambling. <laughs> that's 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 the I most ridiculous. That, that, said that. <laughs> that's that's one of the most ridiculous thing. I've ever heard. <laughs> one oh. of my friends. One of my friends that's not a hundred percent into Marble Olympics, which you know can't understand that. But yeah, um, I, I, yeah. I was like, I was like to him because uh, he thinks the poker shares. Idea that's of, right. Of, he thinks the idea of a Marble Olympics was crazy. He was like, dude, there's no way that's even happening. What the, what the heck is going on? Um, and I was like, I came, I came and was like, I was like, did you know now that you can bet real money in the Marble Olympics? He's like, what? And he like he actually went crazy. He was like, "No way that that's real." He was like, "It's on their homepage, the poker shares. It's the middle, like the middle icon." <laughs> no, it's that, on poker that, shares. It's hilarious. Odds to win. So here's six hundred. There, there's a point values. Okay, so. Oh, uh, by the way, the Reddit's up to fifteen thousand two hundred sixty-four amazing fans. It was at like thirteen thousand a couple months ago. So we're seeing a sur- uh, a surgence, a surging of new Marble Olympics fans, even getting involved enough to join the Reddit and even post. So that's a, also great to see. So the highest, like, like, I've, like you can see everybody who's bet. They're, the highest betted value is $2.20, and the second one's the same value. So I think people are either smart enough to know that they're, they shouldn't bet, or wait, actually, is that actually converted for my, or is that, is that is it 2.2? Well, that's points, maybe, actually. Uh, so you're 1,050 pound, um, euros. How oh much is that? What, wait, tw- um. Yeah, how, how many? Okay, let's. What's that in dollars? So, uh, ten thousand three hundred euros. Ten thousand three. That's the total batting. Uh, I believe so for one person. Euros. 
Oh, Euro wow. To oh, that's, that's going to be a lot. Convert it to dollars. Wow. No, th- no, that, that can't be correct. That cannot, that's got... Wait, 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 is this like for like everything, like like the whole website, or is that like, wait, hold on, wait, this can't be for just Marble Olympics, that's, that's there's no <laughs> well, what's, what, what's the number? $11,000. What? Eleven. If, if this is for Marble <laughs> Olympics, that's $11,000. Wow, 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 that's, wow. There's no way that, if that's, okay, if, so, it says Scoop 9, 2019, I don't know if that is for this specifically, or if that's just for Actually, you know what I can do? I can, I can go to their another bet, um, betting list and see what they... So, so, wait, Scoop 20... Oh, yeah, okay, that's a, that's a different... I think this is, I think it's something completely different. Scoop 2019, Poker Stars, uh, Brian Marvel... Uh, <laughs> Someone tell me where the hell they get 600 for the odds to win on the ball, Balls of Chaos. What? You're going you're gonna to uh, tell me... The, you're giving the Green Ducks a 4.2 and in the, in the, in the Balls of Chaos a 600? Am I reading those odds correctly? <laughs> I feel like I'm not reading those correctly. Where I don't know where they're getting their ads because that is definitely not correct. What? I'm trying... Like, Marble Olympics Live. What the, I, like, I'm trying to figure out like, like what the limit here is. Like, I th- I'm pretty sure there's no limit. Like, it's a betting site, so I'm pretty sure you can if bet If you're telling me that $11,000 have been spent on betting for the Marble Olympics, well, these I, rules better I, be... Five, not not, not eleven hundred. Not eleven hundred. Eleven thousand. What? You, you said eleven hundred. It's eleven thousand. Oh, I said eleven thousand. Yeah, but that uh, that that is just. I mean, eleven hundred is a lot. I mean, eleven thousand. I mean, that's that's that is actual real money. If someone yeah. said to me, um, you know, I'll give you eleven thousand dollars. I'm gonna be like, wow, because that's 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 money I can use for stuff, right? Eleven hundred. Well, you know, you know, it, it's a lot in total but between everybody it's not too bad i mean but if you're t- you're getting into the tens of thousands and then probably eventually over the years up to hundreds of thousands i mean they their needs uh, okay to be- that, 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 okay I, I, that, that's the that's the poker section that is not the marbles okay okay but, okay but they don't list the money for the marble section i can't find any money values here so there's no as far as i can tell like there's, there's point values but i cannot see money values so i would like to know that i'm very curious now um is it overall winner in trampoline jump? I don't. Is, there, is trampoline like, something's gonna happen? Now, how much uh, that's coming soon? I guess you have to bet uh, out a couple events. How, so you, you, how can bet, much, you can bet for events and then for um, overall. How much does each one cost though to bet on? I feel like I should have looked into this more. I think you can, you can bet any amount. I'm pretty sure you can bet like any amount you want. Where are they getting these odds? How I mean, unless like lower numbers means better odds, because no uh, the, the, the point, the I think the point value like is like, it goes up. So, like if they're consistently winning, so like so for instance, uh, let's go to marbles again. But the Bible. chocolatiers are in no respect doing way better than the crazy. One hundred twenty odds to win six hundred one hundred twenty. Uh, shoot, yeah, wait six. Uh, what? what? No, this, this can't be right. It must be like lowest number or something, because there's no way that you're telling me that. The the crazy cat size is an eighteen odds to win, and the thunderbolts is a ninety. And and what? Where are they getting the these? Because thunderbolts like ninety points. Like the higher the higher the point value. So balls of chaos has six hundred. So they're apparently the highest chance of winning. They're they're in uh, balls of chaos is in fourteenth place right now. I that's a hundred percent no no these, that can't be right. There's no so, way. So maybe right. it's in the opposite order. So so, so at two points is raspberry racers. They are currently in second. Okay, so maybe so maybe it's in the opposite direction. 
Maybe. Maybe. Wait, let me let me see here. Uh, uh, maybe they'll explain the odds thing and they're uh, frequently... Oceanics and Piggies aren't listed here. They're, I don't think people... Maybe it's because people didn't vote on them? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how... Oh, with trampoline jumps are listed, but overall, there's nothing there. Because they, uh, because they haven't won... I don't think they've won any... I think it's based on medal wins. May, or, no, because not enough teams have won medals yet. Well, actually, actually, you know what? Most of them have won medals at this point. I'm legitimately so, a little bit confused on how that works. Same, um, and I think... One, two. I'll have to look into that later. So, like, let me look that up now. Odds to win... How, yeah. how does that work? I don't know. That, that, that might be something that we should like probably do it off time. Like, and, like maybe mention... <laughs> yeah, de- definitely. So, this definitely one's, this podcast of, um, has run for quite a while. But uh, I think the only thing I want to bring up is, like, I don't think there should be a, an officially sanctioned betting section. Like, if you want to bet with your friends, that's perfectly fine. Like that, get, that can add some tension and stuff between your friends. But I don't think you should make an official thing for betting, especially since like while there is definitely a larger number of older viewer people viewers for this Marble Olympics, there are still younger ones, and like that might be encouraging younger people to gamble, and that's some morally gray area right there, like. Because like, uh, and there's probably some kids who are probably can convince their parents like, "Hey, can you pay, bet some money on my marble?" And like, that's <laughs> I feel like, well, if you want like, again, if you want to bet with your friends like in in your like your living room as you watch the Marble Olympics, then go ahead. Like that's no, not not going to stop you there. You can you can do that if you want. But I don't think there should be an officially sanctioned betting site. I think um, at this point there shouldn't be. To a couple of years down the road, where you really tighten up the regulations on the Marble Olympics, I'm fine with that because um, then it really gets that fan engagement, um, also brings in that revenue. But, <laughs> but right, um, I'm fine with that. I guess it's just how they're doing the odds. I'll have to look into that because there's no way that the chocolatiers have a way higher chance of winning than the green. Yeah, Cups. I'm Obviously. pretty sure it's an opposite. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at now. I'm pretty sure it's like. <laughs> It's opposite order. Oh, right. are the are uh, the are the odds like I, I'm I'm looking up odds. It's kind of a more com- complicated. Oh, I think I get it. It's like so the 600 for um, balls of chaos. It's like 600 to one. Like you know how like uh in Star Wars like C three P is like six thousand. Like the chances of surviving are like six thousand to one. So like basically it's like they have a 601 chance of winning. I think that's what it means. So oh, the lower your number. Oh, okay. So yeah. see so like a so for like a, it was like um the. Raspberry Racers is like a 2.0. Is o, so they like a two and one chance to win. And it's, so that's how I think that works. Oh, so you, so like that would mean uh, the balls of chaos. The balls of chaos have a 601 chance. The balls of chaos win one time. But the, the um, Raspberry Racers win half the time and the Green Ducks win a fourth of the time. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I, can, I can understand that. Right, so, so the statistics make sense. It's, it's just that like, I, the whole like morals of like the thing if be- betting on marbles like again like is if you're gonna bet on marbles then like that you're probably you can go ahead and do it like it's so ridiculous that if you're really really willing to put money into it like that's your decision but, hey, and if you win then it's great isn't yeah it? that's true but like again with the whole the fantasy league like, i never joined it but like i, I remember quickly like last year or whatever like if you won the fantasy league you would win like a free merchandise oh product. i'm in the fantasy league right now and i'll tell you what I'm not doing that bad at all. I'm 13th overall and got first place in uh, round two. Like, do you win like? Do you win like a, a free merchandise item? Like that's they what, have at the end of it? Out the prizes yet? Okay, I remember that's what it was like. I think uh, for the 2017. So, and speaking of fantasy league picks, 
because um, we're gonna have to start to wrap up here. We're gonna long time. Yeah, and I, and I don't, I don't care. It, it's gonna go long because you know what? This is a great conversation. Yeah, two hour long podcast episode. On. Let's do it. And yeah, this this was a great conversation. We covered a lot of very important um, yeah. discussion points. Yeah, had a lot of meta and also um, in universe like character style discussions. And I like I like that I like that variance honestly. Like having like some like the in like character debate like between like our characters of like analysis people and then like then just us as like viewers and fans like talking about the meta um aspects right, of it right. all yeah and um yeah i just i just love it and you know what this podcast i know i had a couple people mention oh well wh- why i know you do the scripted news segment but then you do then you do a lot of unscripted what, what are you i don't what are you doing here this podcast is a discussion opinion podcast if i sit here and talk for an hour on one thing on marble olympics betting then i'm going to sit here and do that because it's my podcast and I'm, yeah. I'm going to sit here and do that that's that's up to me and this is the discussion podcast if you yeah. write into me and tell me please talk about this then i'll do that but like this is not a uh timed and scripted news thing. We have that yeah, segment yeah. at the beginning for people who want to make sure they hear all the news that's been happening. But the general point of this is just discussion. So when you come on here and you have a great discussion with me and we really get into some of the deeper elements of the Marble Olympics, that's and, and Marble Sports in general, that's really what I'm looking for. And that, and that's great. Um, yeah, and like and like for just to give you context, like so we discussed like uh, beforehand like what we what we wanted to talk about, like what the specific plot plot um, points to talk about. But then, like, we didn't actually script what we said. And, like, as you probably know, you could tell from, like, near the end of this podcast, we brought up things that we didn't actually know we wanted to talk about, like the gambling, and we started talking about that. So, like, this is really, like, a whole discussion podcast where there's not really a, a script or a set of um, guidelines to follow, really. Yeah, exactly. And I think that defines a podcast. I mean, there's obviously podcasts that are specific and, 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 and scripted and organized for specific things. But I think a podcast in general is a discussion, a recorded discussion, a discussion where, um, you know, we're, we're just getting out of discussion. The best thoughts often come from just unscripted discussion. When you start to script, then you feel confined and you're not your best ideas aren't coming out. This is really right. where um, I think the progression of fans and ideas of, of Marble Olympics could, could uh, one of the places it could start to happen. And, um, you know, obviously we can't talk forever here. So I, w- I do want to wrap it up in a minute with a final question, but I, right, yeah. I think this whole discussion has just been amazing and awesome. And I, I don't, like if you think that this needs to be scripted, well then MSPN can provide a 15 minute video for, video for you on just the news, and you can go watch that, or you could just watch the events again and look at the standings, like like, and or you can just listen to the news segment that we provide at the beginning. There are ways to get the scripted quick news. If you want to hear a discussion, you want to really delve into uh, one of your favorite YouTube, uh, you know, subscriptions. <laughs> uh, which, which is what it is at the moment. And, and if the mar- monthly marble ever gets running again, like it, like if it actually like it, like gets out of its um hiatus, it's working and getting running again. It's oh, is, yeah, say, sponsored by JMRC. Is it, there'll be the, if that once it gets going again, it finally gets published. You'll have your scripted news there. Like it'll be completely scripted because it's all written down. It's all planned out. I mean, yeah, and 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 there you go. There's ways to get that. And also, I mean, I mean, it's it's going to be hard for me to even edit anything out of this podcast because i know there were like specific little points where we were like just looking up things but most right. of this was actual progressive discussion we were bringing up new ideas we were talking about things like people haven't even talked about before so you I mean i mean you know if it's a long podcast it's a long podcast skip around it i mean i don't know I, yeah. I'm, I'm for the for the couple people that do uh not necessarily hate but but criticize uh the format i'm, I'm like you know what 
then then get the news uh, elsewhere or just listen to the first five minutes of the news segment uh, brought to you by Hoon Kim, great great news reporter. Uh, and then and then you don't have to listen to the discussion. But I'm telling you, this is this is I'm really excited that we were able to do this. Uh, I do want to end with one final thing I was saying before. Uh, you don't. You said you weren't in the fantasy league, and I recommend uh, you get into there. I mean, maybe next time. I mean, for the B league coming up, there's going to be a fantasy as well. But right now, fantasy league looks pretty good for me. I'm sitting in 13th overall, first place in the round two. Uh, my picks have been crazy cat size, green ducks, hazer, uh, uh, not hazers, uh, or rangers for episode, uh, for round three and raspberry racers. I mean, in general, looking at the teams. What do you think are four good picks that you would pick should you be in the fantasy league? Ooh, okay. So let's see. Uh, to just to go with the smart thing, like, um, well, I, while I do so, still love like my green's my favorite color and all this stuff, and I, I love the design of the jungle jumpers. You should not pick the jungle jumpers at all. <laughs> they are one of the worst teams that I've ever seen, and you should not pick them. <laughs> Green Ducks is the easiest pick. They have been very consistent. I, Savage Speeders, they have the two, they have two gold medals now. So or at least for Event Seven, Event Eight, don't know what's going to happen there. But so far, like if Savage Speeders have the highest number of um, gold medals. Yeah. Uh, Raspberry Racers has probably the um, and Crazy Cat's Eyes have the. Or, or, Sierra, I actually, for me, they're most improved from the start. They started yes. kind of middle. All of a sudden, you see them run seconds, thirds, even firsts every once in a while. Those are teams I think are going to continually, consistently get better over the uh, progression of the Marble Olympics, and that's why I have them on my picks. Definitely. Right. Like, Hazers have a silver medal, while Crazy Cat's Eyes only have, has like a gold and two bronze. But I think like I'd still pick them over Hazers because like they seem to be more consistent i'd and say have been in a downturn recently a, a little bit yeah so i would go, so if you ask me i'd pick green ducks first savage speeder second and then raspberry racers and then crazy cat size that'd probably be how my picks that's those are good picks and then that's very close to what i have i have crazy cat size green ducks arrangers and raspberry racers um and those are teams to look out for arrangers has started as i said before have started to upturn recently uh, uh they arrangers are looking good so far are, have made a bit of an up yeah they started with oceanics and jungle jumpers scale but they're not my team that i'm rooting for because like jungle jumpers i can't replace momo for me like i could, it's clear now like that that's not happening but momo so, was um, always one of my favorites yeah. i have a top five um teams i don't like to pick a favorite team because then i then i uh, i don't know i feel like i don't really yeah. want to do that but i have a top five of teams i always like you know when they're there i like to root for them but i'm i don't think i'm going to reveal yeah. that now yeah. but I'm momo, about, like, momo has the most Momo's drama of all the momo has the most drama of all the teams yeah. like he's the, like so that they're the most engaging to to watch yeah mo mary remember mo, that team everything that has a great mo mary great was time. an interesting situation a great comeback story yeah but um but anyway, hey, it was nice having you on here. I think we're going to close out for today. Um, we'll go to our outro song. Uh, today our outro song will be uh, – I haven't even, <laughs> haven't even thought about this. We'll just go with um, – we'll go with Hydra by uh, F777. That's one of my favorite uh, electro songs. So we'll go to that for the outro song. And uh, it was great having you on here, uh, Commander. Yeah, it was great to be here. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I, dude, I would love to have you back to discuss some of the ins and outs of the later events and marble sports going on in the future for the summer. Absolutely. If something interesting happens, I'll definitely um, see if I can get back on again. All right, then. So here we go to the outro song, uh, Hydra by F777. And we'll see you guys in a week or two. Take care. Take care, man. <laughs>